Welcome to Fortune Favors the Fans, the Fans First Sports Network College Football Betting Podcast. As per usual, I am your host, Macon, joined by my good friend Chris, my co-host. We're going to be breaking down the best picks of the week, as it were, we hope. Anyways, picks that are going to make you money as part of the Fans First Sports Network. We're going to be talking about off-the-radar games, some prop bets slash over-unders, and of course, our Power 5 Pick'em Contest, both updating you on how last week went and setting the stage for this coming week. Now, this was a pretty good week overall here at the podcast. In fact, we're going to talk about it down the line, but the Power 5 Contest, both Chris and I were in lockstep. And we made a lot of money on those picks for you guys if you walked with us on them. So we're going to get to that, though. But let's start with our kind of intro and talk a bit about our weeks. Chris, uh, we, it was a strong week. I don't imagine you had many get away from you. So what, what did you like this week? What were some of the, the, the results that you were the biggest fan of? Yeah, dude. I mean, like we were talking about before we started hit, hit record, like I, it was a great bounce back week for me. And like you know, October, November is like prime time gambling time in sports because you have the NBA, you have NHL, you have college basketball just started up and then you still have college football and NFL. So like because of the sports overload, it's as a gambling addict like myself, it's been a gambling overload and I've lost a lot the past week. But dude, Saturday, I just won it all back. It was so great. I only lost two bets. Uh, UCLA and, and Arizona over 51 and a half. They only scored 37 total points. So that was a bummer. And then J.J. McCarthy. I Okay, I just don't understand this Michigan offense, and we're, we're going to get in deep into that team a little bit more later on the podcast because they're one of our, our power fives. But, like, they scored five touchdowns all running with, like, rushing with running backs. And J.J. McCarthy didn't score a single touchdown. He, he threw for, like, 350 yards, not a single touchdown. So, like, that prop hit didn't hit. I just could not believe that. But, I mean... Hit the Wyoming Friday night bet. Colorado State lost um, to them. Hit the KU plus two and a half. Iowa State got their ass whooped. Fresno State has yet to let me down, dude. And they're going to come up later in my picks as well. I mean, minus three over Boise. They beat Boise's ass. Um, And then Utah State over San Diego or over under Utah State and San Diego State over under 57 and a half. Um, I hit the under. I, uh, I picked the under. They hit. Uh, 56 total points, so barely hit it, but still counts as a win. Uh, how'd you do? It was a great week for me, too. Easily my best week. You know, like you said, uh, it, we overall as a podcast, we were just doing a little winning. Um, the one I think that really I was most surprised about that didn't go my way was Notre Dame getting pretty handled by Clemson. Didn't see that one coming. Um I mean, the Air Force under and military academies playing each other continues to be a money making machine. The Iowa under, I, I I think they're on by this week, but they're that under is comfortable whenever you see it. It can't be low enough to explain how bad they are offensively versus how good they are defensively. And you pair that with Northwestern's incompetence. Oh, baby, 30, 28. You could have set that over under at 20 and I would have taken it. So huge there. Um, I made a ton of money. Uh, on the uh, the 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 tech game, uh, I, I took tech minus three off nice. the air with some friends. Pride point won a lot of money on doing that. Um, another one that I added af- off the show, I had Wyoming. I threw them in late. Uh, they actually made me sweat that a bit over Colorado State. I picked that one up. I think you had it too. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were pretty in lockstep in the Power Five picks, and it went exactly the way we predicted. We were perfect five and zero on that yeah. side of things, and. 
you know, it, it, it was a great week. It, it's hard to complain about a bunch of winning. There were a couple I wish I'd gotten back. Kansas State, I ha- I picked them up money line day of. Um, it was a plus 150 money line. I was feeling really good about that pick. And some of the dumbest decision-making in any, you know, game-winning scenario that I've ever seen cost them the game. So that that was a real – that was maybe not a bad beat in the sense that, like, something cre- kind of screwy happened, but a bad beat since mm-hmm. Kansas State should have beat. Texas. After the big comeback, they should have beaten them. Had every opportunity to, but that was. Do you really think the there was a? Uh, do you think there was a prop bet on Dabo Sweeney crying after the game? If there wasn't, there should be. Uh, yeah, we're going to need was, to start getting um, prop bets doing, on him ranting. About, he's doing anything. He's doing anything to make like the public like have sympathy for him because he's just such a pos. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty. I think the nil era like so quickly unraveling like Dabo Sweeney as a head coach was like both one very predictable very early on with how he was reacting towards mm-hmm. it but two like really satisfying to watch yeah that like that that dynasty just is gone and I don't think he can bring it back I think we're one or two years away from them firing him um and he's he deserves it so I'm looking forward to that day and I can't wait until the hot seat <laughs> uh, uh Vegas predictions for coaches starts to really pick up steam I think he's on it I- I have not checked the latest numbers, but I don't think he's quite where he needs to be yet at Clemson for them to be looking to pull the trigger. So I wouldn't make that bet yet, but give it another year of this shit. He'll be on the chopping block. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. Our next segment is the off the radar games. These are games that maybe they're not the most interesting um, opponents, or maybe they're just a little bit off the beaten path of the mainstream college football world, but they're good lines, good spreads, or another reason is they could just be getting dwarfed by something else going on in their conference. But we think these either give you good value. There's interesting storylines. Really. These are games that we're just giving you a reason to invest in and, and make a little bit of money. Chris, you're up first this week. Let's talk about this section. I've had mixed results in, in the off the radar game. Some weeks it feels like I pit these and not my power five to save the life for the life of me. So, you know, we, we've done well overall in the podcast in this group. How are we starting off this week? I'm sticking with my specialty, man. Like, it, it's not even like I'm not even trying to be biased because I'm a West Coast guy and the listeners have probably heard this too many times. You know, just Mountain West and Pac-12, those are my conferences. It's what I know the best. It's what I have the most confidence in in predicting and and giving advice for betting. And, like, that's what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to give listeners of the Fan First Sports Network advice on betting and so they can win money. And my best weeks are when I go heavy with confident bets of that. So I'm starting in the Mountain West. Wyoming plays uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, at Allegiant Stadium this week, um, the line is minus uh, six for UNLV. I'm taking Wyoming and the points plus six. I'm just not convinced on UNLV yet. They have they don't have any really significant wins. All their losses are to good teams, um, so their record is a little bit deceiving. And Wyoming has proved week after week after week that they belong in the conversation at the top of the Mountain West. So if they if they screw me over on this bet this week, then maybe I'm out on them. But I'm riding the Wyoming train three weeks in a row. Hopefully, they they keep um, they keep doing me good. You know, I actually looked at that one and will probably take it. I didn't pick it as one of my my three because I figured you might be touching the Mountain West again. <laughs> um, but that that's a fantastic pick. I well, I don't think I've lost on Wyoming yet, other than that fluky uh, Boise State result, which was just absolutely just. I mean, I, I don't know what happened there for, for the, the Cowboys, but it did not go their way. Um, 
But overall, you know, you you got to like how they're playing. Great pick. Uh, my first one, this one is perhaps a little bit interesting in terms of what the spread is. I, I really don't understand the value they're giving up here. That's Oklahoma State, UCF. Oklahoma State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. After beating Bedlam, they are that, clearly, yeah. the South Alabama loss aside, they, they are clearly the favorite to win the Big 12 right now. That 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 them and Texas are racing, and I think Oklahoma State right now is playing good enough football to beat Texas. Yes, they got some help from the officiating in Bedlam, but they were better than OU, right? Like they, they they just were in that game, or as good as. And UCF is maybe the worst team in the conference, maybe the second worst team in the conference, depending who you ask. But after that, uh, that Cincinnati. Win. I think they've kind of moved up to number 13 out of 14. Two and a half points makes absolutely no sense. Do yourself a favor and print some money here. There is no chance UCF is in this football game seriously. I mean, this is this is a program that lost to Baylor. This is a program that just narrowly knocked off Cincinnati. I mean, like, it, it's just that, that, that there's no chance this is a close game. Oklahoma State rolls them 14 to 20 point victory for the Cowpokes. I don't even like Oklahoma State, folks. Like, the, 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 they are probably one of Tech's least favorite places after the whole Xerox U thing and all, all, all the stolen traditions and all that jazz, they're going to win this game handily. Now that Gundy stopped trying to play his kid every fucking week, they're <laughs> going to win this football game and win it big. I mean, this won't be competitive. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the spread. When it comes down to it, Gundy just knows how to play in conference play, though, and like it's not surprising that he's, what is it, 5-1? and one? Yeah, he's 5-1 and one in the Big 12, and I mean, UCF is 1-5, and five, so I feel like I looked at that game, too, and it was very um, tasty, but I decided to stay away from it. Um, so there's two big games in the Pac-12 this week. One of them we're obviously going to do in the Power 5, so I wanted to do the other one in this segment. Um, Utah versus Washington at Washington. Washington's a minus 9.5 favorite. Um, I think Washington just keeps rolling. Um, I think this is a a two touchdown win game. I just think that Utah's defense is completely beat up at this point because it, we're halfway through the season and they're the only really competent part of their team. Um, they keep on Ben not breaking, and I just think that Washington's the offense that can break them. So, I it's a it's a big spread, but I I'm just really confident with this Washington team. Yeah, I like I like watching quite a bit in most of their games. Uh, you know, this is a good football team, and this is a team that is likely going to win the Pac-12 unless Oregon gets them. So, you know, it, it's hard to really fault trusting your instinct with Washington. It is a big spread. You know, buyers beware on any big spread, but it's a good pick. And Washington is just playing. I mean, their defense had some issues with Caleb Williams, but they're just playing good football overall. Uh, my next pick here is Boston College, Virginia Tech. Boston College is the underdog in this game, which I thought I was that really one. odd. Uh, Boston College is a one point five, one point, depending which book you're looking at, underdog. But the money line is negative both ways. There is no favorite. It is you know minus one twenty, minus one eighty kind of situation. So you can't get any value money line. Boston College is going to beat Virginia Tech. I mean, I I I understand to a degree, but BC is having a good year. I had the I watched them against Syracuse. It's not a world beating team, but it is probably comfortably better than a very not good Virginia Tech team. Um, could be a game of it though. This could be a fun one to watch. Could be one you're sweating down the line. But I I just I like Boston College to continue their streak. They're bowl eligible. They're feeling great about themselves. I think they win this game at least by a field goal. Um, and an outright win with a point and a half where I think that you're getting some free money there. Got to take Boston College. 
BC might be back, man. We haven't seen them relevant since Matt uh, Matt Matt Ryan. So I'm I'm. It's interesting, especially in a not that good ACC conference. Very top heavy. Um, all right, my last one. Back to the Mountain West. Like I said, Fresno State. They they have not done me wrong. They're another late night game. So this is another late night chase that you can go for if you need one. Um, they're seven thirty on the West Coast, ten thirty on the East Coast. Fresno State at San Jose State. So Fresno State's a minus one favorite, which not knowing the conference and these teams might seem a little like surprising because Fresno State's seven and two and they've only lost to really one team in the conference and they've kind of they've beaten a lot of heavy hitters in that conference so far. Um, but that's because this is a big rivalry game. Um, San Jose State. So San Jose is like not quite Central California, but it's on the border. So this is kind of like a Central California rivalry game. It always has been really intense. Um, they're only two and a half hours away from each other. So it's very easy for fans to go to each game. And there's a lot of Fresno State alumni in the Bay Area. And there's a lot of San Jose State alumni in uh, Central California. So um, I think that's why it's so low. But that being said, Fresno State's a dramatically better team than San Jose State. They're going to just air the ball out like they have been all season. Um, and so minus one easily just take that easily. That's the, that they're going to win by a touchdown. So, or more. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, Mountain West has been a fun place to go bet this year. Overall, there's been some misunderstandings. I think of by Vegas about how that conference has actually worked, um, due to people just not really watching. So it's, I think we've gotten some very favorable spreads out there, um, which is overall, funny. Cause this is Vegas is this is Vegas's conference. So you think that they would be a little bit more in tune with it. Yeah. Just like all season. I mean, the Wyoming Fresno state, uh, um, air force. There's been a tremendous amount of money to be made on some of the spreads they've gotten. So Mm -hmm. this is what I think I actually, like I said, I'm going to take that Wyoming one, but this is the first time I don't have a mountain West pick on the show in a while. Um, and the reason why is I got to give a shout out to Texas state. Um, Texas State is a one-point favorite over Coastal Carolina. Uh, you know, this is not the Coastal Carolina of a few years ago, who were the toast of college football, just a dominant team out in um, the Sun Belt. It's still a good football team, right? These are two six and three teams. Uh, uh, the, the the game is on the road to Charlotte or wherever the hell Conway, I think, is actually where Coastal Carolina is. Um, but I I think. I just think Texas State's got a little bit of magic going this year. And a one-point a one point favorite, I like that a lot. I think they can win this game by at least a point uh, because that's the thing. Any win, any win will push or cover, and I think Texas State is liable to win this one. And I really – I've just been shot, I've been shouting out the Bobcats as much as I can. You know, I, I've been – San Marcos ain't far from here. Had a pleasure visiting their campus a couple of times. It's a really beautiful place. It's an underrated um, college campus with the river passing right through it. it it's a neat place. Um, and I, I, I've known some guys who've gone there. And the other thing is I just I want to shout out like a resurging program. You know, this is their best season ever uh, by a wide margin. And I think they keep it rolling against the, the coastal team that has been something they would have liked to emulate in, in, in later years, and including this year for that matter. It's not like coastal's bad. They're just not like the, the 10-0 and team that they have been in years past. Um so that's my last one. I feel this week we'll see the Oklahoma State one. I think is free money. Otherwise, the, my of mine, I'm not that confident about them. Um, we'll see how it goes. Maybe this will be another week I, I win here and not in the Power Five pick them <laughs> or vice versa. Seems to be one or the other for me. Uh, um, we're gonna move into our prop bet section. This section of the show is 
like like the name implies, prop bets. But we also include over-unders. Reason being is college football does not yet have the sophistication that I've seen where you can bet like individual player touchdowns or yardage totals across the board, which means you're kind of limited to like touchdown type and score, uh, total score score, odd even, things like that that are just a little bit trickier and a little bit less valuable. So we include over-unders in here. Um, and I didn't find I didn't find a prop that I like this week, so I took the over-unders straight. Um, Chris, though, you're going to go first for us. What's your first one out of this section? So I did find a prop bet. Um, and this is one, if you guys are like FanDuel or, or, or DraftKings betters, you can do the same game parlay. So I'm going back to the Fresno State game. Fresno State over under 28 and a half points. They have scored over over that in their last three games, and they've played much better defenses than San Jose State. So maybe that is a and I think that this game again is going to have the impact of the big rivalry game. So like, you know, usually big rivalry games are pretty high scoring events um and and because you know the teams are just so hyped up and just it's you know mental mistakes on defense whatever um so i like that total points 28 uh, or over 28 and a half i tried to look for their their quarterback uh mikey keen he's like just been slinging it like crazy i tried to look for a prop bet for him but i couldn't couldn't find one um but yeah that's that's my one prop bet this week my, my rest are over unders Yeah, I, I would love if they actually had the sophistication. I was hoping to see some prop bets on a few games, especially quarterback over-unders on touchdowns. And I wanted to see some on running backs because I think there's lots of money to be made in college football on this front, which I'm sure is why they don't offer them because it's tricky yeah. to track that in, in at the college level. Um, so I was hoping to find a couple, and unfortunately they weren't offered. For instance, um, text back Taj Brooks is the sixth, leading rusher in the nation and averages more yards after contact than anybody. So I was hoping I'd find like a low against a KU team. That's kind of riding high. I could find like a low yardage or touchdown total for him, but no break there. Um, my first one over under Arizona versus Colorado spread is 55. Now Colorado is doing all kinds of stuff. The Deion Sanders experiment is quickly. And I mean, quickly and predictably unraveling <laughs> in a massive hurry. It turns out not having any depth throughout the year does eventually hurt you and firing what is arguably the best current college football coordinator um, on the offensive side of the ball for no apparent reason does not pay results. But still, I think this, the, the Colorado even with Shadur Sanders a bit banged up, is going to put up points against Arizona. 55 is not a lot. I think Arizona is liable to score quite a bit in this game themselves. They're playing a lot better, top 25 for the first time in God knows how many years, and the first time they've been relevant in God knows how many years. Um, so I, I like the over on this one. And, you know, I, the only thing that can go wrong here is, like, Colorado continues to unravel. Like though, if they, if they continue to just be this turd offensively, um, then like this could get away from you. But as long as Dion doesn't keep requiring his kid to touch the ball every fucking snap, um, you know this this could be easily in, in an over situation. But we'll see. Uh, the I, I picked this one mostly so I could to say what I've been wanting to say all year, which is like the Dion Sanders thing was always going to end here with him making it about himself and his kids and not about the team and every dumb decision he made eventually exploding massively in his face. He is the penultimate example, or excuse me, ultimate example of a guy who's going to recruit at a ridiculously high level, who's going to put in a lot of attention to your program and not win because he can't actually coach. Um, 
coach. That it, it is that simple for me. He didn't win that much at the HBCU level there, even though he was better than everybody. Never won the big bowl <laughs> games or the big games at that level. We're expecting him to turn around Colorado. Come on now, folks. Come on. They ain't going bowling this year. Take the take the over in this one, but they're going to lose this game. I I'm a little like uh, a. a ashamed of myself for not seeing the Arizona like um wave you know like the the under the radar wave because last year they had I think it was five or six of the of the of the top recruit in certain positions um last year like they had this insane recruiting class so you'd think year two they'd figure it out and finally these guys would be developed and they turn around and they have. So like, I even remember like working on a piece at work, like, cause I do sports media for work too. And I, I worked on a piece about that recruiting class. So for it to like completely slip my mind this year is just like, I feel ridiculous about it, but I like that a lot. Um, my next one is, so this, this is another, uh, we're doing a different sec game. So I wanted to showcase this one, Alabama versus, uh, Kentucky. The over under is 48 and a half. I don't know. I kind of like that to go over. I, I, you think Alabama, you think tough defense. And so like, you know, you're kind of sh- more leaning towards the under, but Kentucky's put up 30 points per game. I think that this is one of the better offenses that Kentucky has seen so far. Um, Jalen Monroe. I mean, like that guy has completely turned around that Alabama offense, you know, a lot more design runs because that's kind of his specialty. It's just that they've, they've fixed the offense kind of around his capabilities, which is like kind of more of like a Justin field style offense. Um, and Devin Leary's playing really good. The last four games, uh, that's quarterback for Kentucky, eight touchdowns, only two interceptions in the last four games. So I think both these teams can get that over. I, I, I could see this around like a mid fifties, um, score game. Yeah, I it it, it so I the, the the this next one I think is going to maybe shock some folks a bit. And I'm going to preface this, I picked this one mostly as a testament to how bad I think USC is defensively. 73 and a half USC versus Oregon. Oh, you're not going over, are you? It. Oh, wow. Over, I think wow. It's like other than a really one game two games this year, USC is not losing because its offense is a problem. Um, finally getting rid of Alex Grinch, I think you can start to rebuild that defense. Lincoln Riley, of course, has now wasted multiple generational talents offensively without ever getting them to the playoff or, or uh, a playoff win or a playoff game, I think, for that matter. Um, look, like that whole thing aside of him just sitting on the hand grenade for that long and letting him screw up so many different great quarterback runs um, just by being incapable defensively. That all aside, Oregon is going to score an endless number of points, and I think USC will be right behind them. Um, I, I, I think this is like a 45 to 40 kind of outcome. Like where this could easily get upwards in the 90 point score, right? Like this, this is going to be an all night affair. Oregon is not necessarily bad defensively, but they're not good defensively. It is a offensive-driven team by Bo Nix and a very, very efficient, very good offense with multiple weapons. But look, like I, I was, I watched Tech score 30 points in Oregon despite turning the ball over four times in that football game. I've watched Oregon struggle to get stops in critical situations. Case in point, the decision to go for it on fourth down aside against Washington is one that will mystify the world for years. <laughs> 
but like they 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 still had a chance to get the stop and couldn't get it done. Um, Washington much better defensively. Oregon still scored thirty three in that game. It was a sixty nine point total there, and I think both USC is both worse defensively and better offensively than Washington. Um, and I, I I just think that like in this situation you're going to see a bunch of points scored. This could be a very competitive football game on the backs of just a lot of points scored. Nobody's really, you know, Lincoln Riley is getting a lot of flack, deservedly so, for what's happened to USC season. But, like, they're not losing games big. They've had, like, Mm -hmm. one real bad outcome. Otherwise, they've been right behind everybody. They just – you can't be perfect offensively. You just can't be, and that defense demands it. They're going to lose, but Oregon is going to have to score 40-plus to get it done. So that's why I'm taking the over. And if this comes back and it hits, it will be one of the funnier outcomes of the year and also a testament to how absolutely horrible Alex Grinch is as a defensive coordinator. Um, His stain on that program hopefully is quickly undone for the sake of all involved. I, you know, I think Oregon's defense is a lot better than they played the past few games, but USC keeps hitting the over. So I like, I don't blame you for that one. All right, my last one is another just – it's probably going to bite me in the ass. I'm going with the Iowa game, dude. Rutgers versus Iowa, the over-under is 28.5. This is the lowest it's been all season because Iowa continues to do exactly what we keep saying every week and just being absolutely abysmal, winning games 7-0, 14-0, 14-7. But I just think that Rutgers is a better offense than they've played. I mean, they like – you look at the teams Iowa's played and it's just been just pathetic matchups every week and they're barely squeaking by. Um, this is the best matchup they played in the past six weeks since the Penn State, uh, best offense they played in the past six weeks since the Penn State game. I think they can score a couple touchdowns and I think Iowa can score a couple touchdowns and get them over or give, give a few touch. I don't know. I just, I, I just think Rutgers is better offense. So I think that they'll, they'll pull it through. Um, I have a feeling you're, you're not feeling too crazy about that one. You just, your idea. Look, I, I, I think anytime Iowa is involved with any football game, I take, I take the under 100% and I just pray for the best. Um, I'm not going to watch Iowa play football ever. So like, I'm not going to fault people who, who want to believe that the over is possible and want to watch for the dream to be achieved or who, who want to print free money with the under, whatever your take is on Iowa offensively and defensively, it is the most comical result that I will admit we are bad offensive. We have to change offensive coordinator and not do it during the season. What a wild decision to be like, he's going to finish. Don't get me wrong. Like he's going to finish this out, but we are, we're going to fire him hell or high water. Just just the perfect encapsulation of the shit show that is Iowa uh, on the both from a head coach and athletic department and athletic director running that department. How in the hell does that make any sense? So honestly, for the sake of all the fun in the world, I hope Iowa goes on an absolute tear the rest of the season offensively because that's the best outcome now is like that they score a bunch of points in their remaining games after announcing we're firing our offensive coordinator no matter what. I just <laughs> I I can't believe the shit they're pulling, dude. And it like there is no amount of points I think anyone could offer for me to not take the under in an Iowa football game. But at the same time, um, 
I I'm, I root for hilarity more often than not when it comes to the Big Ten, and it almost always delivers. The funniest outcome is Iowa scoring like 45 in this game, and Rutgers <laughs> scoring like 36. You know, like like a barn burner's barn burner out of the Big Ten, out of nowhere, is the funniest outcome. Uh, my last one here, and this is because I believe that <clears throat> betting the under in any military academy game is almost always advisable. It's Air Force Hawaii taking the under 47 and a half. And the other reason to this is Hawaii's like putrid, putrid offensively. And really for that matter, as a, as a team overall, I just think Air Force hasn't, they had this, I don't know what happened. The under hit against Army. I had all unders last week, that one hit, but they just let an egg, turn the ball over a tremendous amount. Game they easily should have won. They just gave it away. Um, ruined their dream season. Opened up. I think now Liberty is leading the clubhouse for the group of five New Year's six berth. If JMU's um, like, what do they call it? Waiver is not granted by the NCAA to be postseason eligible. I think Liberty's the current front dog now, which sucks for everyone. Sucks for everyone because I normally root for the group of five team coming out of the out of, out of that level to play in the New Year's Six. We'll never root for Liberty um, for any reason. Under the sun, it's a terrible place. But the the uh, the, the the reality is, Air Force is a really good football team. Plays good defensively isn't going to score a bunch offensively. Hawaii is liable to not score much of anything in this football game. There was a stat. I was watching them play. I was one. I found a stream to watch that Hawaii. Um, I think I was talking about this, that Hawaii game the other day against um, San Jose state. There was a stat that they had not scored. I think on any opening drives and in, in the entire season and had only scored like once <laughs> in the entirety of any first quarter of the season. So like, they're just really, really bad. I feel yeah, for the Ramble Warriors because I like, I like, I like that program. I think that's like fun when they're good. You know, that one dream season, they got laid out in the New Year's Six game, but it was a lot of fun to have the Rainbow Warriors like, you know, really thriving. And it makes for the late night games a lot more entertaining. This is, I believe, the last game of the day again. This one is in Honolulu or wherever they actually play right now. Um, I know there's some stuff going on with them rebuilding their stadium, and I, I haven't kept up to date. But the, so I, End your day toasting Hawaii, not scoring at all in the underhitting. Um, I think that brings us to the end of this segment. We'll see how this goes. I, I think our overall as a podcast, this has been the least successful segment. We've done a lot better actually picking games, which I think is great for us. Yeah, um, That's why I put less money on these than anything else. But we're going to head to break. When we get back, we're going to update you on the Power 5 contest. I, I kind of spoiled it already. We were perfect. We'll update on the overall standings, however, and get you guys our Power 5 games of the week this week after break. Okay, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I was saying before the break, we were perfect as a podcast, five for five. We both were in sync, which sucks for the contest, but we were both completely right. So, you know, good for the listeners. Good for the listeners. You followed along with yeah. us. If you're listening yeah. at home and you bet with us, you made a tremendous amount of money last week. Uh, so, good for you. Good for your wallet. Good for you, degenerate gamblers out there who really needed a payday. We hope you hit it big. Um, the overall standings I am back almost to 500, 21 to 22. Chris is 
moving further and further away from 500, 29 to 16. He's starting to get to that where we're eyeing like 750 range. Um, if he has another couple good weeks to close out this year, which would be an incredible success rate in the Power 5 pickup. As a reminder, the rules are as follows. We pick the spread for one game out of every Power 5 conference. Maybe these aren't the best spreads, but we think they're either the best game or damn near near them or the best storyline or just at a like the prime time quote unquote watching window for the game. Um this week I'll be honest, the picks aren't great. I mean there's we debated a lot of whether or not we should look for some smaller spreads versus bigger storylines and we ultimately did the best we could to cobble this together. I think there's still room here to make money. There's a lot of money to be made on this table. I don't think these are quote unquote like bad spreads, but you're dealing with a lot of larger ones this week. So bet accordingly and listener beware. All right, we're going to start out of the SEC. So the SEC is becoming kind of a two-man band again. It's Georgia and Alabama, once again, making their run towards the SEC East and West titles. But we've got an interesting contest this week. A challenger out of the West potentially is Ole Miss. Now, Alabama took care of business. I don't know the exact standings. I think as long as Alabama, you know, obviously they went out, they're good. But I think they have would have to drop two, I think, actually to lose their top spot at this point. Um yeah, because it's they have Ole the tiebreaker of the of the matchup. Yeah, so almost is five one the conference. Yeah, because and they, Alabama six zero. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Ole Miss would be has the chance to finish second. Yeah, maybe LSU, but I think with Daniels down, their season's likely going to go off the rails a bit. Uh, but the spread is ten and a half. Georgia is the of course the favorite and a heavy favorite against Ole Miss. Ten and a half points. Interesting because last week I had Missouri Georgia. I think well, that was our SEC game last week mm-hmm. out of the East, a massive contest. Missouri pushed Georgia, did a great job in that contest, uh, uh, pushing the Bulldogs. There's actually a a graph that talks about like expected results. Um, now, granted, Missouri lost this game kind of in the margins, turnovers, dumbest decisions, critical moments, but Missouri outplayed Georgia for a lot of this game and just couldn't get it done. I will say that the gap between the rest of the East and Georgia was narrowing. It is a bit surprising to me then to see a 10.5 point spread over the number nine team in the country right now, Ole Miss. For its part, Ole Miss is having a quietly very good year. You don't hear a lot about the Rebels, but other than the loss to Alabama, unbeaten, granted, not really another quality win on the resume, and last week a narrow victory over A&M. But you can't fault. Uh, it, it's hard to talk too much shit about. You know what? What were they at? Uh, eight and one, seven and seven and one at this point. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to be upset, upset about it. Ten and a half points, Chris. That's a that's a big spread. What are you taking in this one, Georgia or the Rebels? It's too it's too big for me to to take um, Ole Miss based off their schedule. I mean, the only quality when they have is LSU, which they beat them by one point. Um, I it, and like Georgia's just kind of rolling. Uh, I mean, they beat Mizzou by nine points last year, which is quite a narrow margin. I just think Mizzou might be a better team than Ole Miss. They beat Kentucky. They whooped Kentucky's ass. Um, and I mean, they just and they beat Florida. I I, I just like I just think that Georgia's kind of on a roll, and their offense has figured it out. It took them five weeks to do it, but they fi- figured it out, and they look really good the past f- few weeks. So. I know it's it's a lot, but I just like it's just the confidence in Georgia and the skepticism that I have in Ole Miss. So I have had some experience betting on Ole Miss, and it almost always backfires. Almost always backfires for me. So the, I'm colored by that experience more than anything else. 
Uh, this game is in Athens. That's another reason I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but this just feels like look, Ole Miss has not played a particularly difficult schedule. To be honest, it, it's it's kind of how the SEC gets so many teams in the playoff. Like you look at the schedule, there's no quality wins uh, other than LSU, who you know that was a great win, but three points, high, very high scoring affair. There's no other quality wins on the resume. Um, there's a lot of narrow victories against not good teams. I think Georgia's 10 points better than Ole Miss at home. I, I just think they are. Um, I could be wrong here. Like I said, the gap is narrowing because it, it's tougher and tougher and tougher for teams to keep the depth they used to be able to keep to just bury other opponents. Like, why was George, why, why were there so many dynasties? Why were Clemson, Alabama able to build these dynasties? Because it used to be worth the most money to go play for those guys and sit on their depth chart. Now it doesn't make sense for you to do that. If you're a, a four-star that was a second-string guy, it makes more sense for you to leave, and that's what's happening. They're leaving these programs in droves and committing to other programs where there's more money to be made. As a result, these guys can't build the depth that just bury people. Mm-hmm. But this just feels like a Lane Kiffin letdown moment. Uh, the, the old, Lane Kiffin is the king of, like, almost. They're almost mm-hmm. really good. Uh, and, and then he disappoints. So I think this is a moment. My experience of Ole Miss, I, I don't like 10.5, but my experience of Ole Miss and the the fact that I think Georgia is at home very, very dangerous um, <clears throat> against anybody all the time at home, liable to blow out anybody at home. Uh, but the, I, I, more than anything else, I think this is about the fact that I just don't believe much in what Lane Kiffin does. I think he's he, he reminds me a lot of like Mac Brown after the national title where Texas was always supposed to be good and was almost narrowly always good, but then they end up in the Alamo Bowl. You know, like last season, great example. This almost came in with tremendous amounts of hype, won eight games. So I think yeah, this is, just, the, this the is games, just another yeah. one of those moments. But who knows? It's a big spread, guys. That you, I, I, I will fully preface this that whichever way you go with this, ten and a half points, huge spread. Um, I want to know what kind of sickos take Ole Miss money line in this one. Like if this is if there's anybody out here, money line on this one's pretty substantial. I wonder if there, how many people are going to take it, hoping that this is the week we finally see Georgia knocked off. Um, I bet there's plenty of people who do. I'm just saying, I'm not one of them. I think you're a lunatic, but I, I bet there are people out here who will do it. I believe uh, gambling is legal in the state of Mississippi, 10. so I would assume a lot of people in that area will try to do that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think the thing about that one is, like, I think everybody at this point is expecting Georgia to lose one of these days. Yeah. They're, they're just That's not playing well enough for everybody to be like, yeah, like everybody to be like, oh, they're just going to run the table. Like somebody's going to beat them. That's what everybody's thinking. Everybody's waiting to see. So someone out there is putting their house, their mortgage payment on Mississippi being the one <laughs> to do it. Um, I imagine more than one someone. So hopefully for those folks out there who do it, you get – the big payout um big 10 action this is probably one of the better in fact it is the best quote-unquote spread um that we're going to talk about michigan penn state michigan is a four and a half point favorite there's a lot of drama in the big 10 right now and i I don't give a shit about any of the sign stealing stuff i think it's funny that michigan did it so flagrantly and i hope they're punished just for cheating badly you know like if you cheat badly you're gonna get caught having a guy show up to every game with like a documented paper trail of what he was doing, um, you're going to get caught. You can't do that. It's illegal. Everybody, everybody steals signs. They steal them in game or they get really good about filming them secretly. They don't do this shit. Um, it's still hysterical to me. The central Michigan thing, the storyline 
it was him, right? Like the fact that CMU can't come out and say that we know who that guy was Mm -hmm. means it was almost certainly Stalin's. But that drama of it all aside, Michigan has still not played anybody worth a shit. I mean, just I think Rutgers is their only quality win. Have not played maybe UNLV. And don't get me wrong, UNLV's having a great year, but come on now. You I mean, know, like, ne- really? Nebraska, maybe you could you could throw in a quality win. I wouldn't, but yeah. I I mean, what what bothers me, right, is the college football playoff just came out rankings. Michigan's ranked ahead Washington. Mm. There's no reason to believe Michigan would beat Washington heads up, because we'll, we'll, let's actually break down the schedule: Eastern Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana State, Michigan State, Purdue. Every single team in the I, – I swear to God, every single team up that is ranked fifth or higher in any conference would be unbeaten and have not been challenged with that schedule. There is not a single team besides Nebraska Absolutely. who's really showed much of a pulse out of that grouping. And, and UNLV, tough matchup, but Michigan should be able to cross UNLV with ease considering the massive talent disparity. Yeah. So I, I, I'm more upset that Michigan is rated over Washington more than anything else. I don't get it. Washington's been pushed. Look, had a lot of close games, but they're playing good football teams and are beating them. That's what we ask people to do. And it's a joke that Michigan is being rewarded for playing. Nobody, nobody at all. Just, just absolutely nobody. Um, it's a four and a half point spread though. Penn state for its part, Season of hype is falling a little flat. Uh, they they've had their moments, but they know that the, the big moments of their season was the Ohio State game. Narrowly lost that one. Uh, the the West Virginia win looks surprisingly good. The Iowa blowout still looks weirdly good, considering all the crap going on in Iowa. But this is the big moment for them. The Michigan. This is the last chance to kind of make a statement, keep themselves in the college football playoff race and relevant in the Big Ten. Four and a four and a half point spread. It is at University Park, but it is not a night game, which I think is a massive waste of everybody's time to not make this a night game. It's 11 a.m. kickoff. Two tough defenses, one offense noticeably better, though. Um, who are you taking in this one, Chris? Uh, the state of Michigan sports is just a fucking mess right now. And, I, I mean, I just I, I feel from Michigan – people who live in the state of Michigan. Um, well, I guess they got the Lions, so that's cool. Um, and look, I, I mean, I watch Dan Patrick every morning, and he's talked about this um, extensively over the last week, and he's got a lot of sources in the college sports, and they're pretty reliable. And he says that, like, the athletic department office in Michigan is scrambling, and it's not good, and – they're just kind of like bracing themselves for whatever the the punishment is going to be for Harbaugh. And I just don't like to bet on teams who have off the field drama going on. Like we did, the, we talked about this with Michigan State a couple weeks ago, and I think we won those bets. So also, it's at Penn State. I'm taking Penn State State to cover the four and a half. So I normally buy that logic quite a bit um, because I, I think these these distressed departments do struggle. And what's going on at Michigan is extremely difficult for everyone involved. I think it's going to weigh on the team. I think it's going to weigh on Harbaugh, the whole nine. However, 
Penn State is really bad offensively. I mean, surprisingly bad offensively for who they are. I mean, it's typical Big Ten stuff, right? Like, really outside of Michigan and Ohio State, nobody's looked any good offensively. Michigan in particular has been scoring a tremendous number of points. Again, schedule's a joke. But the 11 a.m. thing is, I think, is what's getting me the most here. Because Hmm. I'm not one of those people who thinks that those and this is going to be 10 on the east coast by the way not 10 a.m on the east coast 11 a.m central is what i'm no it's gonna be 12 it's gonna be 12 Uh, p.m noon on the noon noon and east coast 11 a.m central um noon kickoff is where i'm getting back to this i think that takes some of the energy out of penn state you know it, it is it is a tough thing when you're having these big opponents come in to play them early um the other side of this is I, I I come back to while Michigan has not really been challenged and while there is a tremendous amount of bad juju on that sideline, the end of the day is like nothing would feel better for Michigan than beating the crap out of every remaining team they play. Like that's all they can do. That's all they can control. And like I think ultimately Michigan will falter either to Ohio State or in the big moment, the Big Ten championship game. Um, just because like th- this kind of karmic energy is coming up, but I think Penn State's one of the few programs that has like a ne- enough negative ch- karma for a lifetime to not be able to capitalize <laughs> off this moment. So for a lot of reasons, I think Michigan covers. And the other one is like I think Michigan would beat Penn State heads up nine out of ten times without this bullshit going on on the sideline, right? Like I think Michigan is better than Penn State. All my talk aside about how weak their schedule is. I think, you know, the rankings are a joke. I think Michigan is probably not proven that they're a top 10 team. But for that matter, neither really has Penn State. And I, I, I think Michigan is better. And I, I'm not I'm not like 100% in love with this pick, but, you know. Uh, just real quick, if we want to, like, talk about football X's and O's too, though, like, which I'm not confident on this point, but it is a point that I think we should bring up. Like, Penn State is – very good in the trenches defensively. They have a very good front seven. They've always kind of had a very good front seven, but they do. And Michigan is a run, running the ball team, you know, like, so maybe there's something to that as well. I think this is going to be a tough matchup, right? Like it, it, it is a, it's a bigger spread than I would like to take. Um, than I would like to take Michigan at, but I, I, I just don't feel good about taking Penn State right now with what we kind of know about them offensively yeah. against a Michigan team that I think is very tough. Um, the sign stealing crap of all aside, like, does anybody disbelieve that Michigan is a disciplined, well coached football team? Right? Like, the other noise was just a more sophisticated operation of what everybody else was doing. So it's not like they're losing some massive competitive advantage. It's just. This one is really going to come down to what do you actually think the outcome, the impact of the crap behind the scenes has on the actual players on the field? Because if you think that that is going to wear on these guys, this one is one where I think you take Penn State. I just think like this wasn't like Harbaugh killed a puppy. You know, this isn't some (laughs) massive scandal as much as people are freaking out about it. They cheated slightly more than everybody else did. And like heads are going to roll, but it, it, you know, if you're a player, you're sitting in your meetings like, isn't everybody else doing this too? So I, I just tend to err towards that. Michigan's going to be able to overcome it. I think they're looking to make a statement. This is going to be the game of the week, right? In terms of like contest, yeah. 
of, of the spreads we're talking about, this is arguably the best, most competitive game. Uh, most of these spreads we're going to be talking about here in a minute are similarly just like, there's just some value to be earned here, but this is going to be a great game. This is a tough pick. I think this is a, this is a pick that can really have an impact in our contest this week. Mm-hmm. Um, our next one is not so much a tight spread. We've got out of the Big 12, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Oklahoma last time out had the very hilarious loss uh, to, to Oklahoma State in a game in which, yeah, that was pass interference. I'm, I'm not going to pretend it was. As much <laughs> as it humors, as much as I'm going to give my older brother in Oklahoma grab crap about it, like it, it was pass interference. He tackled the guy in the back of the end zone. What a fantastic no call by the commissioner, making sure the right team won that football game at the end of the day. Um, but they're up against the West Virginia team, which until that stupid loss to BYU was somehow in the, the hunt of the Big 12 title, still kind of are. The spread is 12 and a half. Oklahoma's reeling. West Virginia is West Virginia. They're coming off of a big blowout in their last out and their last contest again against a or not the BYU loss, the the uh, the Houston loss, excuse me, for West Virginia is one that I'll never understand. They just blew out BYU. Um could this be an instance in which West Virginia's found a little bit of momentum? Oklahoma's re- reeling. Can OU cover 12 and a half? Are they mad? Are they going to play pissed off? What do you think here, Chris? This one is an interesting one, I think. I I, I think I'm just going to go with OU. I, I think that they bounce back. They're not going to keep reeling on their heels. They, they're too good of a football team. They beat Texas in a very, in, in my opinion, impressive win because I thought they had no chance. Um. And I just like I, there's not enough evidence for West Virginia for me to like be confident. I mean, they lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to Houston in a game they should have won. Um, so it, I just you know there's not there's not enough evidence to say that they're actually a six and three football team. Um, they might be more like a five hundred middle of the road team. So um, and I think OU is very much a a uh, a New Year six uh, football team. So. I know it's these spreads suck. Uh, it, the spread makes it tough for me to do it, but but I I'm just more confident in Oklahoma. I think OU bounces back in a way in this game, but why I am going to take West Virginia in this one is because ultimately twelve and a half is just a substantial spread, um, and I I think that OU likely wins this one, but I I just. Oklahoma's got some some bad juju of their own, right? Like a very easy schedule is suddenly turned on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because fair. their only challenge was, was really Texas, they kind of got caught off guard in a couple of weeks in a row. And I think they'll be prepared. I think they will win this football game. But West Virginia's just had a habit of hanging around in every game. 12 and a half is a tough spread. It's a tough spread. And while I think Neil Brown is still the worst coach in the conference – they're, the, the team has this really odd ability to just make everyone's life fucking miserable week in, week out. Miserable for their fans, miserable for your fans. Everybody's miserable watching West Virginia play football. And I think that OU is going to win, but I think that this is a contest that ultimately demonstrates what we all know. Playing West Virginia just really sucks this year. If this was not in Norman, I don't think – um, I think West Virginia would even have a chance to win it. It's hard to screw with whatever dumb stuff West Virginia's got cooking on their side of the ball and go play in Morgantown. But this is in Norman. OU's going to be safe at home and get this win. But I think it's more like a touchdown win. 12 and a half is tough, though. And like this is a game OU could easily 
by all accounts, they should be blowing out West Virginia. But I, I think that they win this game seven to ten points. 12 and a half. I don't know what Vegas got 12 and a half from. With everything we've seen, where yeah. 12 and a half comes from, I don't understand. That's pretty big, yeah. Uh, um, this is a tough – This we're, the good news for our show, despite how tough some of these spreads are to pick, is we're getting some variety after being in lockstep last week. We're moving on to the ACC. This is a big rivalry matchup with a surprising spread, I think, in its own right. Maybe not that surprising, depending on who you ask. Duke, North Carolina, big-time battle out of the tobacco state. Um, you've got the Tar Heels versus the Blue Devils. Duke has rebounded, in a sense, since their loss to Louisville by beating Wake Forest, but it was a tight contest. I don't, I, I don't know the full story on their quarterback. I haven't paid attention to what's been going on with Duke since that uh, tough loss to Notre Dame, but it, 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 it's one of those things. Duke looks so good to start the year, and I think it still is a good defensive football team, but they're not living up to that early hype. North Carolina, for its part, Mac Brown continues to prove he is a great coach, and that something was just kind of wrong with Texas. Um, their losses back to back to U Virginia, though, and Georgia Tech are perfect Mac Brown losses to have. Uh, so they got a get right game against Campbell, crushed him, obviously. 14 points. 14 points against a, a big rival like that. Um, this game is being played at home in Chapel Hill, which I think leads into why this is so such a big spread. Another big one, uh, but a big rivalry matchup. Who are you taking? This one's a fun one. I can't believe this is only on ACC Network. I'm like, I feel like these two football teams like have never been this good before. Like they like ESPN should be showcasing this on like ESPN or ABC, but whatever. Um, so it look Riley Leonard didn't play last week. I did research and today looked it up. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week. I'm not exactly sure how insane that injury is. Um, so it's just hard for me to be confident with them, even with how good their defense is. UNC had a good bounce back win last week. Yes, it was just against, um, sorry, it was, it was just against, uh, some, I don't even know cam, I, whatever that is. And, and but, um, in their defense, they they uh, they have some good wins, and I think they're kind of like putting it back together. It is in Chapel Hill, so I I think with like with the injury to Riley Leonard and not having some like stability at the quarterback play, I just can't have confidence in this offense to will this team to a win over a very good UNC team. So even though Duke's like their only two losses are to the two best teams in the conference, which Florida State and Louisville. But yeah, I just I'm I just can't do it. UNC at home, 14's a lot, but I think they can cover the spread. See, I actually kind of and again, I'm glad we're not in step here, so we're finally getting to yeah. some contest, which is great for me. I've been needing some freaking movement if I'm gonna have any hope of getting into this. I've got Duke in this one, and the, the simple first, I want to say the fact that this is buried on the ACC network. It, like you said, it's a crime. Yeah, like a rivalry game like this should not be buried on a network like that anyways um and the flip side of that is like also just unc's 24 not that long ago we were talking about duke being a potential sleeper team yeah you know, their, their, their losses aren't that bad right like they're, they're not playing that great right now offensively but their losses aren't bad so very odd decision there but the reason why i'm taking duke is defense they are a very good defensive football team and it is tough to get separation from teams like them um as long as they don't go out and lay a complete egg offensively, they can stay in this football game. I think UNC probably wins this one, 
this is another example. I just don't think they win by much. I think this is a hotly contested rivalry matchup. UNC wins by three points or a touchdown. Um, and when you get in 14 points, I got to take it. I understand people want to take North Carolina here. It is alarming how bad Duke is offensively right now. And North Carolina just had the mother of all get right games against Campbell to really sort out their crap. But I, I think if Duke was at full strength and, and rolling like they were early in the year, they would beat UNC with all things going on, the, all the adversity they faced. I just think they can keep this one very close. It's going to be a good matchup. I, I hope you, those of you who do have the ACC network, I don't, I think that's the major. Pro- it, I think uh, it comes basic with most, packages. most sport, like most packages nowadays. Like I, I have the basic like YouTube TV package and now I have it, you know, like, Okay, so good. Okay, I've got YouTube TV, so I'm rocking and rolling with it then. Hope everybody can watch it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a very fun environment. Um, it is a night game, so at least you got like that extra little layer of magic, even if this isn't being broadcasted maybe on a better network. Uh, but I'm taking the Blue Devils. I think this is a this is going to be a fun game, all things considered. And ultimately, UNC wins a narrow one. Our last pick, and we talked about this one earlier on because I took the over in this game, USC versus Oregon. USC has got to salvage its season. If they're going to do it, this is the best. I don't know the rest of their schedule, but this is really the only chance to, to truly salvage their year is to beat Oregon. And I'm not saying Lincoln Riley's on the hot seat, but he, he is not in in fair weather right now in, in, in Southern California. He's got he's at least another year. But the, the decision to keep Alex Grinch as long as he did is just unbelievable, and it costs USC in a major way. They are playing very good offensive football as per usual and can't stop anybody's save a pulse. That's why I've got this one 73.5 over. Oregon, for its part, has rebounded fairly nicely from its tough defeat at Washington after some questionable game management kind of ta- cost them the leader in the clubhouse position in the Pac-12. Bo Nix and the offense continue to roll. Defense is solid, not good, not really bad. Um, they're in for a hell of a night trying to contain Caleb Williams and company. The spread is massive, 16 and a half. Um, surprisingly so, considering USC just narrowly lost to Washington the other night. Um, what do you got on this one? Who do you think wins? Can Oregon cover that spread? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Th- I'm with you for a lot of the reasons that you said earlier. Like Oregon's, I, again, I think I have more faith in Oregon's defense than you do, but at the same time, like, USC's offense has not been the issue. Now, their offense, you could say, is related to their defensive issues. On top of their defense just not being good and not having much talent, their offense is such a spread, high-flying, fast-paced offense that they barely give their defense any time to have any rest. So when they go back on the field, it's just like it's a it's a mess. So it, it like for them to win these games, they have to be high-scoring games. But I do think that Oregon wins this game, but I do not think that they cover the spread. I think this is a high-scoring, high, um, uh, big offensive affair. I do think they score a lot of points. You, you kind of like uh, you kind of um, swayed me a little bit to thinking like maybe they will hit the over, um, especially because USC keeps doing it. But um, yeah, I I like Oregon to win the game, but I like USC to cover. I think this is a one touchdown, one score game. I think it comes down to the very end. And you were talking about USC schedule, so I think we we brought this up last week when we were talking about the, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Yeah, last week with the Washington matchup, they have no relief, so they have this game and then they play UCLA to to end their season in a rivalry game. 
Um, whereas Oregon does. Oregon plays ASU next week, which is the worst team in the Pac-12. But then they have to play Oregon State, which is arguably um, this, you know, the tied for them for the second best team. So it's an interesting schedule um, um, situation for both these teams. But yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 you gotta have faith in Caleb, and he's gonna make this game close. So um, USC plus sixteen and a half. I got USC this one as well. I, I just I just don't think teams can get away from USC because they can run you down so easily. Uh, it is mm-hmm. a testament to how good they are offensively. They don't play complimentary football. They are bad defensively. Oregon has a chance to blow them out just by being stalwart defensively, making a couple of more start uh, stops because USC will not have record a stop in this game. I would be surprised if Oregon punts. Seriously. Yeah. That's that is how good I think Oregon and what uh, is offensively when they're at their best, and that's how bad I think USC is defensively. But the the the, the issue with it is like sixteen and a half is such a huge spread. It's a three score spread, so big. And USC is is the kind of team that can just they can score lightning fast, and if they do score at that pace, it is incredibly difficult to feel like any. Let's say Oregon gets up fourteen and has the game in hand right? Like late in this one, USC is the kind of team they see two minutes left on the clock. They think they could still get back in it with a, with a touchdown and onside kick, right? Like that's the kind of team we're talking about. Maybe this is a game. Caleb Williams is controlled. They maybe not. Um, if Caleb Williams has his typical game and USC does what it always does, they will stay in this one long enough to push Oregon. They just can't finish until they find any symbols of defense. There's no finish in this football team until they find any symbols of defense. So I'm not saying Oregon fans have anything to be worried about because you don't, but you will see a USC team that can strain you. They just can score so fast. It's going to be really, really, really difficult for Oregon to get separation. Um, nobody's gotten separation really from USC this year. I mean, they, they've always been in pretty much every game to the end. I think maybe what was the Notre Dame game was, their biggest loss, if I recall correctly. Um, and that was the yeah, one night yeah. Caleb Williams really just completely shat the bat. So unless he d- turns in just a uh, – I mean, maybe he's quitting on this year with all the goals and stuff over with. Maybe he quits on the season and doesn't show up in this game. Um, that would be a very USC Lincoln-Riley thing to do. But if he shows up ready to ball, it, it's tough to stop him. He is that good. I just think Bo Nix is also incredibly good and playing like it. And he's playing the worst defense in America right now. So, um, both, I mean, two you, teams you said it best, up. man, like, like they could be down by two or three touchdowns, but you still feel like USC still in it because their offense is just so goddamn good and, and, and high flying. And one more thing to remember about this, I'm sorry to cut you off, but one last thing to remember about this, this is the Pac-12 after dark game. And what do we know? What do college football fans know about Pac-12 after dark? It's always a wild crazy game and a wild ending it's dave fleming yelling at the top of his lungs on the on the play-by-play call because it's so loud in the building because the game is just so out of control so that is something you need to keep keep in like in mind when you're thinking about the spread of this game too yeah i think like it's this is the perfect example of Vegas is reading into like uh, the fact that USC is now eliminated from contention. The fact that USC has not beaten the good teams they played and saying like, well, Oregon's playing as good as anybody in the nation. They're going to be, they're 16 points better than a three loss football team. 
No, just because U USC is US the other part of this on top of all that is like USC is the kind of team like garbage time points will happen in this one. If Oregon starts to get away with it, USC is going to score in garbage time. There is no spread that is safe when you've got an offense that is going to score regardless of what's going on. Um, the the funniest outcome, though, like after all the hype and all the changes and everything going on with USC and the outcome that like I'm kind of rooting for is like Oregon does what they did to Colorado, where they just slap them around. Now, granted, Colorado, I think, was the most overrated team in the nation. And Oregon was very, very motivated to beat the ever living tar out of him in that game. But if that happens, I, I'd laugh. I, I would gladly <laughs> pay out the loss to watch Lincoln Riley have to continue to defend how he screwed up being this talented. Um, I would love to watch that press conference. Um, Chris, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. But as always, we're going to have some final thoughts for you. What's your last thought of the week for our listeners? I just right realized this. So I'm looking at the standings for the Pac-12 when you were talking. And USC is still in contention for the for the conference championship game uh, surprisingly they're one game back from oregon so if they win this game they have a game up on oregon and they have the same conference record so like usc does still have something to play for it's like man th this last matchup there's just a lot at stake um and uh i want to go back to my duke unc you know like that was my toughest pick today so like i would even recommend to to our listeners like maybe stay away from that game like that was that was a tough one for me so yeah, I I'm gonna look at at um from my my final thought. I'm gonna talk about the Big Twelve overall. There are a couple of tight spreads we didn't talk about. Um, you know, this is my backyard. You have Tech, Kansas. It's a three and a half point spread in Lawrence, Kansas, riding high. You've got Iowa State. I think BYU's ten points. Um, we've got the big spread though is the one I really want to focus on. Baylor, Kansas State. It's a twenty and a half point spread. I understand Baylor is really bad. I trust me, guys. I know they are as bad as you'd think. And you got to ride Kansas State with this one as a result. I, I was leading that up as a little bit of a misdirect. Kansas State's going to win this game <laughs> by 30. I mean, Baylor is like it, Dave Aranda may not get fired this season, but the Bears are really, really bad. And he maybe should get fired for how they've just completely imploded under his watch. I don't even really understand what's happened. I like Durant. I love that hire. I thought he was really going to keep, you know, doing the Baylor thing of late where, you know, you get a tough, well-disciplined coach football team, get some player development going, and just really get rolling in years two and three and beyond. And it just hasn't happened. The, 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 the sustained success is just not there. And they are – I mean, look, there is a race for the bottom of the Big 12. There may be 14 UCF, maybe 13 or 12 Cincinnati, maybe 13 or 12. Those three teams are really battling out for suck East in the conference. Baylor, though, man, they are bad. Man, they are poorly coached. And man, is Kansas State going to be pissed at what happened after what happened in Austin? I think they just monkey stomp the Bears. If I'm taking any of the big spreads of the week and I'm like, ah, that seems a little big for a conference game everybody's beating up on the bears. If K state doesn't, it'll be a letdown. That's my final thought for you guys. There's a lot of great college football to be back coming up. We still got a few more weeks of this folks, including our bowl season picks. We're going to have to figure out how we're doing that. We're right around the corner from the post. Oh yeah. We do got to figure that out. 
that's going to be interesting. I don't, I really don't know how we're going to do that one. Um, yeah. Cause but, there's some weeks that'll be like five bowl games. And there's other weeks it'll be like 15. And it'll be kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be something. Uh, historically, I bet every game in bowl season, Same. I don't recommend people do because most of those games are crap shoots, but we'll, we'll I do a bowl we'll, pick them league, which is always a lot of fun. Oh, the pick are great. I love the pick yeah. I love, betting bowl season but it is it is so random i mean it's yeah. just so random the only thing i'll say about bowl season is free my man james madison get his ass out of the box it is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that he has that that school even has to apply for a waiver shout out to him again knocked off sparty number four team in the nation basketball really great mm-hmm. season for them james madison's uh, having a yeah hell of we're gonna week, have yeah. that coming up yeah we're gonna we're gonna have all these great picks up ahead. Our contest is a little bit one-sided. This is a week for me to maybe get some ground made up. But regardless, the podcast overall continues to be largely positive in bets. Chris, very much so in the Power 5 pick. So stick with us. Continue to make some great picks with us, and you'll make some money potentially. Um, as always, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on whatever major podcasting platform you can find us. Um, take a look at the Fans First College Network feed, you know, the action's really heating up as we close the end of the year. Take a look at the other great college football podcasts. See if you find one. Maybe one about a league or a, a team that you weren't really thinking about. Maybe you find some great shows and great people to listen to. And take a look at the other, the professional sports. You know, your NFL, uh, the NBA is in full swing. Um, go listen to some of the MLB podcasts, some of their old episodes. To be nostalgic if your team did not have the season that the Rangers had or the Diamondbacks. I'm sure there's a lot of folks. Or some of their offseason content as well. I think there's soccer, all kinds of stuff. Find something for you at the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. We record this, by the way, earlier in the week. Um, we're recording this Tuesday. So hopefully this one comes out before any of the games start. But on the off chance, it doesn't. We're not cheating, I swear. I, I swear. Any pick we made is made before the games are played. I promise we're not screwing you guys over and trying to pat our stats a bit. If this is published a little later in the day Saturday, um, that's the only reason I bring it up is because it has happened before. So just be aware. We're not cheating. It, 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 we're not trying to screw you guys over. Uh, Chris, as always, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys later on. See you guys next week where we'll keep you updated on everything that went right or wrong for us. <laughs>